Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, Lars Gronegard. Lars, you are the co-founder and CEO of Dream Data. You're found on the web at dreamdata.io. Lars, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Josh, for having me. It's awesome to be on the show. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. Tell us about um, how Dream Data works. Um, it, you know, on your website, I have pulled up right now, B2B revenue attribution. This is important to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like, as all founders, when you work on something, of course, it's because you think it's important. So basically, yeah, we try to help uh, companies, B2B SaaS companies primarily, but B2B companies of any type, we help them figure out what works, what doesn't work in their go-to-market. That's a you know, fundamental thing. Yeah. Yeah. You work, you know, and you work with a lot of, um, well, I would say SM, it looks like a lot of SMBs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, Boy, I, I'm just so eager to get your perspective because obviously, in your position, you likely see you you probably now because of just who you get to work with, you probably get some pretty meaningful data around trends around B2B marketing. I, I am the student; you are the master. Please let let in, is, school me on what is working right now in B two B client acquisition. I think what I think one of the things we see a lot across a lot of customers, which uh, a lot of people are not aware of, is sort of what is everybody understands that the length of the B two B sales cycle is quite long, but very few people know how long it actually is uh, yeah. because we sort of we look at the entire sales cycle from the first time you ever see someone, and across our customers, it's uh, it's almost close to a year, which is even when people are citing long journeys, that's actually a bit longer than what they're citing. So that's a big one. Um, another thing, we are very heavily uh, in the B2B SaaS space. We have a lot of people who are very active on LinkedIn. So we're seeing LinkedIn as a very um, attractive acquisition channel, especially if your audience is living there. So we're seeing that a lot. Hmm. What types of activity on LinkedIn? I think we you can see there are like of course there's paid acquisition via LinkedIn so mm -hmm. that works uh, and then I think the the big sort of the dark side of, of of not in a negative way but the part of LinkedIn that you can't see anywhere I think the way we see that is you see it through uh, indications in the data um, but of course like any kind of uh, um, organic engagement so engaging with people on LinkedIn I think it's going to be super interesting to see what happens yeah. now in the in, in the sort of because we, we, we've been looking at this for years and we love LinkedIn ourselves sure. for our own go-to-market. But I have a feeling that uh, everything that's happening around ChatGPT and sort of the access to like really, really rapid uh, content production via yeah. AI is going to 
makes them, I don't know what the change will be, but I think there'll be changes. When we're talking about a, a sales cycle that, that may extend to a year. Uh, um, well, first, before I ask you about um, what I really want to ask you about, um, that one year thing, is that, um, let's say, for example, there's like a marketing agency or creative agency or maybe a leadership consultant, um, and engagement is, you know, maybe $20,000, $30,000. Are we still talking about sales cycles that extend that long or? Totally. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Uh, what, what, what's, what's happening is that in B2B very often uh, people like your product, but it's not the right time. I think it's like it's sales 101 that you need timing to be correct. Yeah. And when you're hitting people uh, with like demand gen motions, you will hit them out of their sales, like that buying cycle. So that means that let's say somebody wants to buy my software maybe it's not a good time for them now. Maybe the person who is going to run it is not in the business, or maybe there's no budget, or maybe we have other priorities at the moment. There's still someone out there who wants my product, but what happens is they will be looking for the right time to buy the product. That's what generates these like super long, say, demand to sale cycle. Like the, the actual buying cycle where, the, where you're actively engaging around the sale, that's maybe for our products down to 30 to 60 days. But the total length of the journey is often like years. <laughs> Makes it super hard if you're doing demand gen to know to sort of know if your investment is paying off, right? Yeah. Um, on let's, let's talk a little bit more about LinkedIn. Um, and I like how you just talked about engagement. Um, th there are different ways, obviously, that you can engage. Some I have a bias. I I I think does not work really well, but I don't know. Um, and I would say the stuff that I think that I'm a little skeptical of would be um, kind of this traditional sliding into DMs and just, you don't know me, I don't know you, no, but no. hey, why don't we have a discovery call about how I can make you a lot of money or something like, like those sorts of scripts. Uh, I just think are just, it's so annoying. I talk to so many people that just don't like that. Um, and and then I've also interviewed lead gen companies who insist, they insist the numbers work. It doesn't matter if you bother a lot of people, the numbers work. So, you know, obviously they have a bias to, you know, keep people doing that. But um, uh, I, I trust I, I trust your answer here. <laughs> what, yeah, I think, what, when it comes I think to, unfortunately, my, my answer is going to be a little bit the same as yours. I think we see ourselves uh, things that are working. Uh, which is not what you describe. I think what's working is more in the line of you build an audience. So you build an audience around, um, basically you have, you're talking to someone, typically the people you're selling to, you have a shared interest. So you're building an audience around what they care about. So you don't have to be talking about exactly what you're selling, but you're talking about um, the subject that they care about, the subjects they care about, and that builds an audience. And that means that you build sort of uh, trust with these people. Um, and at the point when you then sometimes you talk about your product, that audience will listen to you. So that's how I see LinkedIn working mostly. I, I We don't have good measurement of that sort of uh, like hitting people up in the DMs uh, motion. I, I don't like it. I don't react positively to yeah. it. Um, 
but the, some it's, of especially uh, I'd say if we're talking about, um, you know, it depends on who the audience is. I think maybe you might be able to get away with it if your audience you're, you're selling a thousand dollar thing or something like that. Maybe, um, you know, because it's just it's just much lower risk. Whereas I see, and here's kind of the thesis that that I'm curious about, um, you know, about the value of relationship and the value of trust. Uh, that that is a requirement today, uh, you know, just even beyond the logical left brain numbers, you know, is is the how uh, important is it for us as service providers to to kind of lean into the relationship together? Because we know, listen, if this is going to take a year anyway, we may as well just, you know, uh, you know, suspend this idea of, you know, I'm going to have a one call close here. And instead, you know, this is the beginning of a great friendship and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I think there's a huge risk, especially if you have poor control over your data. If you are, I think we all experience some companies that are continuously sort of hitting you with different BDRs uh, on LinkedIn. Mm. Um there's there's definitely a risk that you're creating. Like if you have that type of motion, there's a risk that you're creating sort of negative sentiment in the market and something that might negatively impact your uh, your performance. Um, I think that the huge the, the the big thing is that the volume might, if you do it in a good way, the fact that you're doing things in volume might work for some. Um, I think it depends on the audience. We're selling a lot to marketers. Um, and go to market professionals of various kinds. And they are in general being approached so much on email, LinkedIn, and phone that outbound is a tough, tough motion towards them. Yeah. We, we, are, oh. we are 100% uh, inbound in our motion, the way mm -hmm. we work. Um, I don't, I think it's, it's always risky. This, I don't think that that is the recommendation for everybody to be that because different audiences, different motions will work, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about dream data. How does it work and where does it fit in? So we're, we're, we're a data platform product. So we sit, you can say, underneath all the other tools in your uh, go-to-market tech stack. So your CRM, your marketing automation, your tracking, or your ad buying. So we aggregate data from all of that. And we use that to then provide you with analytics so that you can figure out what works, what doesn't. You can optimize based on that. But you can also do automations on top of it. Um, so sometimes if you want to email a bunch of people, the data that's in your CRM is not enough, or the data that's in your tracking is not enough. You want say, for instance, I want everybody that was on my website last week, but I don't want to email all the people who are my customers. Now that, that data set requires merging of data. So we fix that for people, makes it super easy. Uh, so it enables you, cause I think of, um, B2B go to market as something that is iterating towards more and more automation. And our goal is to be sort of the data foundation for that automation. And um, uh, if you, let's say you have someone who's nervous that it's going to integrate well with their tech stack, or it's going to be very, very disruptive to add this into their workflow. Can you kind of talk about how implementation works? Implementation is is not complicated if you are on a standard tech stack. So we work really well with Salesforce. We work really well with Marketo. We work well with HubSpot. We work well with uh, Microsoft Dynamics. So a bunch of the sort of standard 
business systems and go to market. I think that's the those are the hard systems to integrate with. Then there's the ad uh, the ad platforms that's less complicated, um, and the, there's a tracking component which I think most companies that would be interested in a product like ours they know how to implement tracking on a website. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a very compli- complex setup. I think what can be disruptive is uh, using data. Um, and sometimes you might discover things that are that things are not the way you thought they were. You you have we all do things because we think they work really well. But I, on the other hand, I think we also all know that sometimes we have bad ideas and not everything works really well. And when you get something that actually measures it against performance, sometimes you discover things that you thought were really good that are actually not that great. Yeah, and so I'm curious, uh, who who is Dream Data, and and how did this all come about? So we got like most startups, we got started uh, by facing the problems ourselves. Uh, so uh, it's like a growth stage now, IPO'd company out of Copenhagen. We're a SaaS company, and we wanted to figure out at a very actually that was at a quite high level. We wanted to figure out the sort of proportions of our sales motion, our marketing motion and our product motion, how was that driving revenue? And we had tons of data, but the answers that we're looking for required so much work. Um, we did the work inside of that company, but at the same time figured out that this was a product problem given like we thought it was a set a standard setup we had at that company, but we still had to do a lot of custom work ourselves. So we thought, okay, here's a space for a product. And that was the theory or the thesis for founding the company. And and who is uh, Dream Data today? Who who we are as a company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's on the team and and, and what does it take to, to, to run a company like this? So we're 35 people company now. Oh, uh, so wow. it got started a couple of years ago. So we're growing uh, quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Got our... We're selling mostly in the U.S., even though we are a Danish company. So our biggest market is the U.S. U.S. is a very marketing-oriented market, which means that <laughs> the U.S. But I think it's it's interesting that the U.S. in general is uh, more advanced on the approach to uh, sort of automated go-to-market, which means that we have like customers in the U.S. A tip like there are just more people in the U.S. or companies in the U.S. requiring a product like ours. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, when, um, when somebody, let's say that somebody is listening to our podcast and they're like, okay, I, this sounds really interesting. Maybe they've, maybe they're doing their due diligence and, and part of their due diligence is listening to our conversation right now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're ready to take it for a spin. How does, what's, what's the next step? Yeah, I think that was for us a fundamental thing that we believe very strongly that you should be able to try a product before you buy it especially yeah. a complicated product um, that is, it could be hard to trust. So we have we have had, again, like as a founding thesis that we wanted a way of setting up a trial for people so that they could test the product. Uh, we also have a free product that people can use in a, a fairly automated approach. So if, you, if, if, if anybody out there wants to try the product, I think the easiest thing is to go to the website, as you mentioned, dreamdata.io or dreamdata.com. And you can sign up for the free product or for free trial. I think that's the easiest approach. Yeah. Uh, again, the website is dreamdata.io. And you also have a, didn't I see a book somewhere? Yeah, connecting a, the dots. What, what's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So that is uh, like 
our sort of uh, uh, collecting all the, the the content that we have around attribution and and revenue automation. So it's basically giving the foundation of like why why do you do attribution? How do you do attribution? It also covers things like what if I don't want to buy buy your product? What if I want to build it myself? How do I do that? Uh, what are the big sort of pitfalls and things like that? Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. The website is dreamdata.io. Uh, the book you'll find uh, where it looks like, well, it looks like you just send the book, right? Uh, like anyone can download yeah. it. Ah, it's a that's great. It's a download. Yeah. A guide to B2B growth and attribution for the technical marketer. Uh, so if that's you, go grab that. Uh, Lars has been great. Um, congratulations again for five years, uh, the growth that you've experienced uh, and uh, the good work that you're doing in the marketplace. Thank you for this conversation too. Thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.